Well, hey, good morning, you guys. Would you open your Bibles to Ephesians uh, chapter 4? We have this week and next week left. Uh, We're going to conclude our series on Upon This Rock. And we're learning how the body of Christ is a missional community. And really, my heart is and my prayer is that uh, this series has not only stirred your affection for Christ, for Jesus, but also for the capital C, the overall body of Christ, And not only that, but really the local church here at New Hope Community Church. And before we go to our text this morning, you know, I got this uh, text. Uh, It's a testimony from one of our dear brothers, uh, Joey Carroll. Now, Joey, I've known him uh, almost for, she's 13 years. And um, he was actually one of the first ones, if not the first who signed up and said, yes, I want to join New Hope Community Church when it was announced that we're, Renee and I were going to plant this church over seven years ago. And so he's been a dear friend. He lives right up the valley. And uh, he sh- shared me this uh, text message uh, on February 13th, 1142, the day after we t- had talked about baptism and communion. And he, he sent me this picture. It's his certificate of baptism, uh, 2010. And this is what he says. I dusted off my water baptism certificate last Saturday, unaware of your message for Sunday. I flash back to Pastor Dom Kaihui and the question he asked me before he dunked me in the water, why did you choose today? I hadn't a clue. I felt embarrassed, so I babbled a scorned reply because I... I tired of selfing a selfish life, blah, blah, blah. I looked at Pastor Dom, and he was not pleased. It felt awkward, and he began to pray. Then I was submerged. It felt like a tiny wipeout with lifeguards standing around. Then out of the water, I came, just as confused, but this was a victory for me. The people clapped, and I smiled, and I felt like I had won something. I hugged Pastor Dominic, and I left Magic Island feeling I had just checked something off of my shopping list. No bigs, just another Christian event. Now that I think about it, those looks from Pastor Dominic was God working in me, telling me to search deeper for his wisdom, not mine. Pastor Dominic is no spring chicken when it comes to water baptism, and it was obvious I was there for a photo shoot with Pastor Wayne and had not clue about the ordinance and its importance, about truly killing your old self and burying it down in the murky water and emerging victorious and cleansed. Your message last Sunday had given me a second chance to submerge my old self, sink, kill, and bury my bad boy image. In my prayer today, I took my old self back underwater, took my sins and my malicious assumptions, my evil, my ugliness, my pride, and I pushed them all the way down to the bottom of the ocean floor. I took a deep breath and swam to surface and emerged to the side of my home, the smell the smell of fresh air, the sound of birds chirping, and the new beginnings of the sunrise and grace. I feel better now that I understand the ordinances and their importance. Check this out. Saturday, while I was looking at my baptism certificate, I noticed a scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. I read the scripture, and it made me, and kind of made sense. I'm still not sure the significance. So on my check, I wrote Jeremiah 29, 11, the description. How does God do that? Love you, brother. So isn't that amazing? Isn't it so cool that and incredible that even though Joey didn't fully understand the ordinance of 
water baptism and communion, yet he took that step of faith, of obedience, and the Lord honored his faith. And so my prayer is that uh, these last uh, three weeks as we go through the confession that Jesus Christ is the Lord and He will build His church and the gates of Hades will not prevail, that uh, our affection for Jesus would be renewed. All right, so let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And this morning we're going to read verse 4 through 12. And I'll read from the ESV version. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each, each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to man. Verse 9. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who has descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. Verse 12, it's the purpose. Why did God give the gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. And so, Father, we invite you right now. We know, Lord, that man and people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would open our eyes, that we would see wonderful things from your law, that you, we would have an encounter with the living God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would renew our mind, that you'd refresh our affections, O oh Lord Jesus, that we would love you today through the power of your Holy Spirit, through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, there's much discussion or really debate, really, in uh, evangelicalism or in the Christian church uh, when this word missional comes about, when we talk about the missional church or missional community or missional model. Because today we're going to be talking about how the body of Christ is a missional community. Now our text in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is championing, he's emphasizing unity and he grounds, hey, we should be one and we should be unified by stating the solidarity of our oneness. In other words, eight times he said, hey, there's this word one. We have one faith, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one baptism, one God, and one Father. And he grounds this idea or this exhortation that we should be one uh, because there's grace. There's been, where there is charis, there's a grace that's been given to each one of us through the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, we should be together and be one because God has given us gifts according to His measure. And the way that God gives gifts is the, through the victorious and conquering King, Jesus, defeating sin, death, and Satan, and He brings the spoils of victory. In other words, you guys, the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. When Paul says, when he descended, what, 
What does it mean that he descended, that he that he ascended, it means that he descended. And what he's doing, he's quoting Psalm 68, 18. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord may dwell there. See, in Paul's time, when there would be a king and he would go into war, and this king would be victorious and he would defeat his his enemies, he would go back to a homecoming, back to his palace or back to the city where he came from, and he would bring spoils of war. He would bring his defeated enemies and he would bring spoils of war and gifts to his people. And Paul, he is uh, correlating this idea that because Jesus was resurrected, that Jesus was buried, that he died for three days and he remained dead. But on the third day, he was resurrected and he defeated sin, Satan, and death and evil forevermore because he became victorious. Now he defeated these, these things and now he is able to bring gifts to men. He's able to bring gifts to his people. And you notice here that the gifts that he gives are apostles. Apostle simply means a messenger, all right? He brings prophets, one who proclaims the inspired word of God. He brings the gifts of evangelists, like people like Billy Graham, right? Or Greg Laurie, or Nick Vujicic, those who preach the the good news. And he brings uh, shepherds. Shepherds there, it's... The NIV says it's pastors. Shepherds are people or pastors are people who are responsible for the care and the guidance of the local Christian church. And he brings teachers, those who preach and teach the word of God. And you see here in, if we go to verse 12, it says that the purpose of these gifts, because Jesus defeated sin and death and Satan, the purpose of the gifts is that they would equip the people of God for the work of the ministry. You notice it doesn't say that the apostles and teachers and evangelists and pastors and teachers, that they would do the work of the ministry. It says, no, that they would equip, that they would mentor, that they would disciple the people of God, that they would do the ministry. And the reason that I bring this up is because the series Upon This Rock, which we are studying about the purpose and nature of the church. I said earlier, in Christendom, especially in evangelicalism, there's a debate, (coughs) excuse me, between um, attractional and missional. What is attractional and missional? And here's a quick picture there. An attractional... (coughs) It has a centripetal, meaning it brings people in, which means that we are, it's a force that draws people to the center, okay? It's like people on the outside, we're trying to get people from the outside and bring them to church. We're to attract people with seeker-sensitive programs and facilities. All you got to do is invite people to church and let the professionals, let the professional ministers and pastors and associate pastors and children's pastor and youth pastor and all the other pastors, let them do the work for you. And all you got to do is attract them to church. Well, there'll be excellent programming of music and dance and hula, and there'll be contemporary music, a relevant preaching or relevant 
um, word or talk, uh, very pragmatic, how to deal with stress in your life, and you'll be dazzled by their gifts and be and be dazzled by their and um, just their talent, their charisma, and they're saying, "Hey, attractional, don't engage in culture. We will bring the culture into the church." And all you got to do is bring them to the church. It's like the movie Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. And the purpose of gathering is to be consumers. Or if you want to be more spiritual, you want to be fed. You want to be spiritually fed. You go to church so that you can be fed. You'll feel better about yourself. Then you go on for the rest of the week. That's attractional. But there's been a shift where... Instead of being attractional, the church should be missional, meaning it's a force moving people from center outward. So it's not from out going into the church. It's people in the church going out into the community and engaging in culture. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, what are they supposed to do? They're to equip the people to what? That the people would do the work of the ministry. And as they do the work of the ministry, as they pray for, as they baptize, as they teach, as they share their testimony, as they share the gospel, as they mentor people, as they build relationships, as they engage in culture, then the people go out into the community. See, you are equipped with spiritual gifts to spiritual gifts to pray for, to um, teach people to obey. And the purpose of gathering is that we huddle for a little bit. It's almost kind of like halftime, right? We just uh, had the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. The halftime, the the players gather together, the coaches, which is like the pastors and apostles and the teachers, the evangelists and the prophets, they gather together instruct and equip the, te- the, the people. It's like, hey, this is what we need to do. These are some adjustments that you need to make. And then now the players go out or the members or the church goes out. And here, and I, this is what I believe the church is to be about, that we're to be a missional church. Now, I'm not dogging on attractional. You know, it's good to have great music good worship, it's good to have a relevant word, it's good to know, to answer questions that people are asking. And it doesn't have to be an either or, right? I believe this is a both and, that the church can can be attractional, but primarily the church should be missional. And here's the main point that I, uh, that I want us to think about this week and meditate on and to obey. The church is called to be a missional community that proclaims the gospel and makes disciples. The body of Christ, upon the confession that Jesus is Christ, God is going to build a church and the type of church that we are called to be is a church on mission that we're going to proclaim the gospel and we're going to make disciples. And I have two uh, observations for us. The first is this, Being a missional community means to be united with God's mission, sent by Jesus, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and write that in or text that into your phone. Being a missional community means that we are united to God the Father's mission, that we're sent 
by Jesus Christ, the Son, and that we are filled or we are empowered by God, the Holy Spirit, united, sent, and filled. And we see this pattern of united, sent, and filled in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, verses 19 to 22, the context of this is that Jesus was just resurrected on Easter Sunday morning, all right? So verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. <clears throat> and when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. <clears throat> and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Do you guys catch that? That Jesus was just resurrected. And he goes first and, you know, in Verses 1 through 10, Peter and John are running to the tomb. They find that the tomb is empty. And verses 1, 11 through 18, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Tell, tell them, hey, I'm coming and I've risen just as I've said. And now in 21 to 22, Jesus, he goes to his disciples. He sees them. He says, peace be upon you. And he says, as the Father has sent me, as the Father has given me the mission to go into the world, so now I am sending you. And after he tells them, he sends them, what does he do? He breathes on them and says to them, receive the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, Jesus identifies himself as being sent 40 times. 40 times. Uh, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in them should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 17, for God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but God sent His Son into the world to save the world. So Jesus uh, knew very well His identity that He was sent by God. Sentness is uh, identity of who Jesus was or is. This is the mission of God, that God sent His Son, Jesus, on a mission to save the world. We join in God's mission as Jesus was sent, so He sends us into the world. And what I want you to know is that, man, God is a missionary God. God is a God who sends of Himself into the world through His Son. I was taking for my graduate, uh, graduate course at Fuller, uh, Fuller Theological Seminary, I took a missiology class, which is the study of missions and how God moved. And one of our very first assignments was our professor said, hey, there's over 929 chapters in the Old Testament, 260 chapters in the New Testament. This gives us 1,189 chapters in the whole Bible. He says, I guarantee forbearance. I guarantee you of the 1,189 chapters in the Bible, you can't go five chapters, pick any random. You can't go five consecutive chapters without realizing that God is a missionary God who sends of himself. That when you read the Bible, 
you'll notice words, words like nations and peoples and Gentiles and tongues and tribes. And that God sends, whether God sends Abraham into Canaan or God sends Joseph into Egypt so that the nation Egypt would be saved, right? Or God sends uh, Moses um, into Egypt. Like God is the one who sends and God is the one who saves. Not only will you notice the words, but you also notice like Babylon and Persia and Canaan. And you, there's people groups. There's the Amorites, the Hittites, the Moabites, the Jebusites, the Mosquito Bites, all the ites. It's included in the Bible to communicate that God cares and sends of himself through people. That even in exile, God wanted to prove and show his glory and he had a purpose. And sure enough, whether it's Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, or the historical books or the poetic books, Psalms and Proverbs, the major prophets, the minor prophets, even in the Old Testament, especially in the Old Testament, God is a God who sends. God is a God who saves. And a missional church, you guys, is, is a church, is a community where the people of God uh, are united with God's mission. We're united with God's mission. Secondly, uh, that we are sent uh, by God. As God sent Jesus, in John chapter 20, Jesus says, Now I am sending you. Jesus sends us. You know the Great Commission? Go into all authority has been given to me under heaven. Now go into all the world, make disciples, teaching people to obey everything that I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you till the ends of the age. That because God sent His Son, and if we believe in Jesus the Son, Jesus says, hey, now God put me in a mission Join in the mission of the Father. Join in my mission just as I was sent. So now I'm going to commission, co-mission you together. We're going to be on this mission into the world. And the main verb on the Great Commission in Matthew 28 is that we make disciples. That we go to where the people are at. It doesn't say invite the people to go to where you're at. Invite them to your home turf, which is the church. I'm not saying inviting people isn't bad, but what I am saying is that we are to be incarnational and we need to go to where the people are at and join in the mission of God who sends. Uh, thirdly, as not only do we, are we sent, but we are to receive the Holy Spirit. We're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you notice what the resurrected Jesus did before he told them to receive the Holy Spirit? Look at verse 22. He says, and he what? He breathed on them. Ha, the breath of life in Hawaiian, right? That, what does that remind you of? That God breathing on people. Genesis Chapter 2, right? 
that God, he took man, he took dust from the ground, he formed the dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Okay? Um, I think the translation, new creature, it's like creature, I am a creature, like an alien. No, it's like a new humanity. <clears throat> in other words, you guys, just as God in the first creation, He breathed breath into humanity, into um man jesus after he was resurrected he gathered his people hey the father has sent me i'm gonna send you to be on a mission and not only that i'm gonna breathe on you and he says receive the holy spirit as a new creation of christ we are to be missional people who support god's mission with the power with the anointing, with the unction, and the strength of the ter third person of the Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit. Listen, you guys, we're not here to find clever techniques or new models or business and consumer or man-made ways to do God's mission. The Bible says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Remember last week, we talked about spiritual gifts and the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, that there's this supernatural, divine genius of heaven. He imparts upon you as a gift from the Holy Spirit. And so much so that Jesus says, hey, you're going to come uh, be, you're going to stand before trial before kings and judges and rulers and when you're going to stand and you have to testify don't even worry about it i'm going to stand beside you i'm going to help you i'm going to give you divine wisdom and power and strength and insight and discernment so that you would you know i'm going to teach you things you don't even know and words you for you thought you you forgot you're going to remember it because i am the holy spirit you know about a month ago we went through this uh, collective of churches and one of the guys there, his name is Richard Gordon, and he has the gift of the miraculous and signs and wonders. And he was just sharing his testimony that, you know, he was educated, he was pursuing his master's <clears throat> in uh, crypt, uh, cryptology, I believe. And so, um, anyways, and but he's like, I felt called to be a pastor and I was like, okay, but... Um, the Lord made it clear that I'm supposed to get my degree first and he was kind of upset about it. So he went to bed at night. Uh, he went to sleep and he had a dream and he dreamt that an angel gave him a scroll uh, like a book and he opened the book and in the book there was an algorithm and he remembered it. He woke up, he wrote down in his uh, notebook, he typed in his computer, he had this algorithm and this algorithm that he had... Um, it's uh, for blockchain and a bunch of other stuff. Um, he was able to, um, it was able to be his uh, thesis was written into 15 different languages. He went all around the world. He worked for Microsoft. He worked for Google. He worked for all these tech companies. Um, and he gives credit to the Lord because in a dream, God told him visions and dreams. 
And that's what I'm talking about, like being powered by the Holy Spirit, that we depend on the Holy Spirit. And to cultivate a culture of small group, here are some community builder questions. Do you see yourself being sent by Jesus to your community, to your workplace or campus? And how important is it to understand that you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit? And lastly, we'll go ahead and close with this. A missional community engages in the holistic ministry of Jesus. What do you mean holistic? That there's gospel proclamation and gospel demonstration. That the gospel must be demonstrated. The gospel must be shown. But also, the gospel must be proclaimed. Now, if you look at the holistic ministry of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me uh, to proclaim and to minister to the poor, the captive, and the blind. So Jesus, he goes to the marginalized, right where the margin is at, where people are being outcasts. He goes and he demonstrates the power of the gospel. But also in Luke chapter 19, Jesus says, I have come to seek and save that which was lost. And he proclaimed and he declared the gospel, that the kingdom of God is here now. And all that to say, you guys, is that we are to join Jesus on his mission, that we are to show the good news. Jesus says, hey, that the the people would see your good works and give glory to God. (coughs) And we're to share the good news, that how can people be saved without hearing the gospel? So the mission of Jesus includes gospel proclamation and gospel demonstration. Now, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. And this is the paradigm of proclamation and, and demonstration. <clears throat> because our gospel came to you not only in word and proclamation, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. You know, I pray this prayer most of the time. I pray this prayer a lot. Lord, as I pray that as I preach the gospel, that the, the word will not only, that the message will not only come in word, but also with power and conviction full of the Holy Spirit. And I used to put it in the box like, hey, uh, when I preach the gospel, I pray that there would be miraculous things, that there would be spectacular things that would happen, that there would be, people would be healed, you know, of, 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 like uh, someone's foot that's uneven, it would grow longer, or there would be manifestations of the Holy Spirit, or there would be exorcism of demons. And it's like, yeah, the gospel comes not only in word, but also in power. But I believe um, we shouldn't limit it to that. Because look look at First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. So being affectionately desirous of you, you're ready to share with you not only the gospel, not only by saying... <coughs> Of God, but also our very selves, because you had become very dear to us. So I believe, um, and the NIV says, not only did we share the gospel to you in word, but we gave of our lives to you. And what I want to share with you guys as we bring this to a close is that the gospel it shouldn't just be said or proclaimed; that we're to live it out which means that we're to go life 
on life. Paul says, hey, not, not only did I say it, but we gave of our lives to you. We were vulnerable to you. We showed our weakness to you. We did life with you. We broke bread with you. We cried with you. We rejoiced with you. We have this life on life, heart to heart, um, loving the person right in front of you. Holistic ministry of Jesus. You know, Pastor Wayne says a mind can reach a mind, but only a heart can reach a heart. And here's a community builder question. How can you both share and show the gospel in your sphere of influence? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this time, O oh Lord, where we are able to hear your word. And I just pray, O oh Lord God, that we would join your mission, that we would know that we are sent by you and that we are filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, Lord, into our community, into our campus, into our neighborhoods, into our workplace, that we'd be salt and light, that we'd be this preservative, preserving the good news of Jesus. So Lord, I pray that um, we would continue to, Lord, be your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And remember next week, you guys, Meet you at the bay, 10 o'clock. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace. Love you guys. Have an amazing week. Mm -hmm.